Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Support for Analog Talk comes from Filmstock. Have you been scouring camera shops looking to find a certain film camera? Struggling to find a film stock of your favorite film? Filmstock checks the inventory of used film cameras and film stocks at trusted shops nationwide. When it finds a camera that matches what you're looking for, you get notified immediately. Filmstock even helps you find the best price on your favorite film stocks, like Porsche 400 or Cine Still 800T. It's free to get started. Sign up for Filmstock today at filmstock.app. F-I-L-M-S-T-O-C-K dot app. And for a limited time, they're offering Analog Talk listeners a 25% discount on Filmstock Plus. Use the code Analog Talk. Finally find that elusive film camera with Filmstock. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And on today's show, we have Magdalena Wilsinski. Is that right? Did I, did I say that right? Wilsinski. Masculine, feminine, either way. We'll leave that in. It'll be funny. Well, Magdalena, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're beyond excited to chat with you. I mean, your work is like incredible. Insane. Yeah. yeah. But for our listeners who may not know who you are, can you kind of give us an introduction on who you are and how you got into photography? So, hmm, who am I? Well, I'm a photographer. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think yeah. that's one thing that's uh, one of my favorite things to do ever in the world. I started shooting skate photos when I was 14 years old. And that's how I got into photography. I just wanted to, not only was I obsessed with skateboarding at the time, but also I needed a reason to be there. And I wasn't as good as doing all the tricks that everybody was doing when we went street skating. Mm. So I was like, well, if I have something to offer and shoot photos, then there's a reason for me to be here too. So skateboarding photography is kind of like what started me off as a photographer. That's a great beginning. And also like, I love skateboarding and it's, it's everybody knows we probably talk about it a million times on this show, <laughs> but just to, I, I just wish I would have been more into photography at that time. It's just photography bug hit me later in life. So it just always melts my heart when I hear people find that very young. I mean, life. I'm very lucky that I found it, but also like it didn't work out for me, the skate photography thing. So I'm still mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to shoot the cover of Thrasher because I don't think it broke done that yet so, <laughs> you guys know how uh tell mike burnett to hire me for cover <laughs> like that's my goal yeah. like i still want to shoot like some cool things in skateboarding you know what i mean yeah that's kind of how i i picked up around 14 15 um because i wanted to be around the bands in my high school and i obviously wasn't going to sing or play an instrument so it was the camera <laughs> that got me you know into the shows and stuff like that so i totally get like this will be my way in yeah you know? it's a way of like being accepted you know but also at the same time not really for me specifically there was no female skate photographers and there was barely any female skaters so like you definitely right. were even more outcasted in that world and you just had to make yourself have a reason to be there and if you had like cool ways to print the photos and show people later, they were like, oh, I guess we'll let you come to the next state skate session, you know, but it's funny because <laughs> the people that I used to shoot photos of back then, 24 years ago are still my friends, you know, and they've kind of become oh, my wow. family and I became who I was because of that. So, but it wasn't a very easy thing to just get into, but I'm grateful to find something that I loved at such a young age because, uh, that is how I follow the path of the rest of my life from the first time I totally. ever picked up a camera. You know what I mean? So as you know, with like yeah. shooting bands, it's like, I'm very lucky. You're very lucky. We're very lucky. We found that, you know, and now to be able to mm. like actually do that for a living is crazy. Cause I didn't even know you could get uh-huh. paid. To get a photographer. Me either. Like, I didn't even know people got paid yeah. to be skateboarders. I'm like, you ride a piece of wood with four wheels and you get right. paid. Oh, how yeah. much money? yeah i mean and that blew my mind so then when i was like wait i can shoot an ad of this skater dude 
and he makes money and I make money. This is wild. And you're like a teenager, you know? So, but like, yeah, I remember when I first had my shitty little whatever, I don't even know what my first point of shoot camera was, but it was like, I needed to step it up and get like a fancier camera so I could shoot skateboarding. So I had to get a Nikon F5 because then you could shoot sequences. So then I I was 14. I got a job at Miss Fields Original Cookie Company at Fiesta in Mesa, Arizona. (laughs) I lied about my age, said I was 16 and I was 14. They never asked how old I was. And I was working there making maybe $2 an hour just so I could save enough money to buy a Nikon F5. And then eventually I bought a Nikon F5 and then I'd show up at the skate spots with like my flashes and my lights and my fisheye lens. And you know, that was like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Like nobody hooked that up. It was like the job guest of all (laughs) hooked that up. I mean, I might've maybe stolen some money from the register every once in a while. But you know, I was kind of like, I'm going to work my ass off and then I'm going to buy this camera. And then the only thing I forgot to think about is then you have to buy film and the film is so expensive. Mm. Right. And you sit there and shoot these sequences over and over and over these dudes never landing these trips. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh dang it. Like I would just throw rolls of film away. Like I remember we were shooting at a skate spot once there was a fountain behind me and every roll that didn't come out of the sequence, I would just throw the roll of film in the fountain. Oh my God. (laughs) Those are just dollar signs like falling in the water. Until this day I shoot film and every time I shoot film, I'm so careful and slow and cautious with being like, that photo is only worth three frames. I don't need Uh to yeah because it's just like a dollar sign every time you press that button i'm traumatized it is spending money on film and then like first skate trip i ever went on where everybody was like a part of a team and we got flown to i don't know like spain and france with a bunch of girls to shoot a skate uh for, for for a girl skate magazine i remember like they gave me free film and i was like no way like they didn't wow. pay me they didn't pay for me to fly out there and paid for my film and i was like a teenager i'm like what this is crazy like I'm still trying to get free that's film. huge wow. yeah 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 you guys know how to get free film <laughs> yeah. i no, wish you need to i wish Kodak, uh, mm. 400 yeah. please 35 <laughs> yes same same so here put it out in the universe we need to we need a film sponsor for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson, he's my friend. He gets free film probably and free cameras. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. hook it up. Man, that would be amazing. I would love to have him on the show too. You should. Legend. For yeah. sure. Man, and it's just funny cuz you saying that about just tossing the film rolls if you know the shot's not on there because skateboarding photography is a lot different I feel like than regular photography because the trick has to be landed for the photograph to count uh-huh. as well you know yeah. it's just such a a lot of people don't think that because yeah I'm sure there was a couple bangers on those rolls that you were tossing but the trick wasn't landed exactly. and you know it's just and the banger doesn't matter when it's a part of the sequence because then it's not that big of a banger it's only a banger because yeah sequence. and so now digital photography you're just like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Just keep going. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and now it's like eight times faster too. Like that night right. was like eight frames a second. And you're just like, wow, that was amazing. You know? Uh, yeah. yeah. I still shoot with that camera. I still have that same camera. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. Not that don't let that go. I won't. It's just so big. It has that like motor drive at the bottom mm-hmm. with like, yeah. the batteries and it's so heavy and clunky. Like my camera, favorite camera of choice is sadly so so overpriced now that it pisses me off when i first like bought everything my camera it was 200 dollars. now like i bought like a decent conditioned one for like almost four grand wow and it's a contact Oof. t3 uh-huh oh, I, was like, yeah. I was like let me think yeah. let me try to guess <laughs> but i was like assholes is it because like the kardashians have it on their instagram and then everybody bought one yep yep it is <laughs> 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 and plus the fact that I was just watching something the other day, too, that this guy was talking about cameras, like older point and shoots and why they're not kind of making them now. Because, you know, obviously technology is way ahead from where it was back when those things were made. You know, it, it should be easier to make something like that now. But they just they, they don't see the they unfortunately just don't see the the, the value. The, it's yeah, not, the value. It's, and, it's, yeah. it's not. 
yeah, the, the 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 market isn't big enough, unfortunately. I mean, should we start our own camera um, company? <laughs> yes, that is like limited edition, and like we can still sell them for two grand if T threes are going for four grand. <laughs> but we can still make a profit, or at least pay yeah. for parts and get some good cameras made. Because my old T three recently lost its focus. I had it fixed like six times, uh. and it never would work. And the guy's like, "No, I fixed the focus," and I'm like, "No, you didn't, dude. It's always out of focus." And I'm shooting like some A-list celebrity with a point and shoot. That's the only camera I'm coming with. And I'm like, wow, the photos are out of focus. So then I have to like tell my clients like, you know what? It's just art. Pretend it's a perfume. (laughs) (laughs) You know, remember those perfume ads in the nineties that were super grainy and out of focus. Uh Uh Really? I was like, fuck my camera was broken. Yeah. And I realized like, okay, I probably need to buy a new one. And so when I bought a new one, I was blown away at how expensive it was. And I have two T3s, two T2s, no, three T2s. And then I gave an ex-boyfriend a T2 and I so regret it because that fucker's taking pictures of his new girlfriend with it. And I'm just like, oh, "Oh, no. no." (laughs) My heart just sank. I know. God damn it. (laughs) The focus goes off out of that one. (laughs) That one just like dies one day you know who you are if you're listening so that can go back <laughs> i would like that collection for myself please thank you man amen that's hilarious yeah. yeah so where did the 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 transition of like the skate stuff kind of move into like where you are now i'm sure i'm sure it was like over the period of time but yeah how did you move into shooting all these celebrities well, when I was like 19, 20, I moved to LA because I was like, oh, well, that's where all the skaters are. So I'll shoot stuff where I can actually get paid because they have sponsors and then they'll take me seriously. But of course, I went to Big Brother. They laughed at me. They're like, we don't know anybody that's in your photos. And I'm like, yeah, but the photos are still sick. Sorry. Yeah. Like, not doing like a fucking switch hard float over like Walmart or whatever. But, you know, it's like we need to pay attention to what's happening here. And they didn't because they were like, you're a girl. They're either going to want to fuck you on tour or not take you seriously. And I was like, oh, cool, really? That's how it is? And they're like, yeah, kind of. And I was like, okay, that sucks. So I um, got really sad about that. And I was like, Uh short-lived career of, you know, six years of shooting, like, just random skater kids in Arizona is over. And then uh, when I came to LA and I was, when I thought I was a photographer and I wasn't, I was like, what am I going to do? And my friend's like, oh, you should assist photographers. And I was like, what's assisting photographers? And they're like, that's when you work for other people. I'm like, why would I do that? I'm a photographer. Because I was a uh-huh. confident little sassy fucker. I love it. I love here, it. But I was like a shark in a puddle. And here I was like a sperm in an ocean. When- uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And nobody. It's very true. Shit. And, you know, back then it's like. Maybe nowadays I would have been like cool because I would have had Instagram and I would have been like 18 and uh-huh. I would have been like, I'm fucking killing it. But back then it was like, I couldn't even afford a website. I didn't even have the internet. I didn't even have a computer. I didn't have right. a phone. Like th- th- that didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like there was no way of like showing your work and like being able to get hired or even like let people know you exist. So I started working for other people and it was very intimidating because I had no idea. And like one of the first yeah. jobs was with a guy named Art Striber, who's an incredible oh. man. Art Striver. Holy cow. He's so cool. And he was like, yeah. on set with like 30 people. There's 30 assistants. And I thought people usually had like one or two assistants. And he had like 30 people. And we were like on a set at Warner wow. Studios with like three different stages set with all the lights. And we were shooting Tom Cruise. And I was like, what the fuck is this world? <laughs> wow. And then I remember Tom Cruise walked in and he's like, super nice to everybody. Shakes everyone's hand. And then... Art Striver walks in and he's like, hey, everybody, this is Magda. She doesn't know she's doing. Teach her everything. And I was so embarrassed. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, you need to like set up the Ellen Chrome and just hand me an Apple box and a VJ like for the medium roller. And I'm like, some guy wants a VJ and a medium roller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't sign yeah. up for this. Lots of apples. Yeah. 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 I was so intimidated. Yeah. Can you grab me three stingers yeah. and some yeah. sticks? Like what? Yeah. And a power pack and like the yeah. you know, pro photo heads. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, this is, this is not skateboarding. What are you kind of talking about? I was super scared and then after that I started assisting so I was making like you know no money because I was interning or like I don't know a hundred bucks here and there where it's crazy yeah. now my assistants make like seven hundred and fifty dollars yeah. I was like I yeah. never even made that as a first assistant like on the hardest jobs of my life it right. doesn't change I'm glad that people are getting paid more and yeah. Um, yeah. after assisting for some time I was always shooting my friends and things like that and uh but when I was assisting, I felt like I had to shoot the things that the people that I was assisting for were shooting. So it was always like celebrities, like really nicely lit on the beach with an elachrome. And I was like, I need to do that. And that's how it's going to be like, you know, 
how people are going to pay attention to what I'm doing. But then I started assisting two people that really stood out to me, Chris McPherson and Hillary Walsh. And they were just like point and shoots, cameras, film, like whatever, not a yeah. you know, like they would bring the gear because yeah. they needed to, but they never gave a fuck, especially Hillary. She just like shot six frames and was like, okay, got it. And I was like, wow, you're a unicorn. I want to be like you when I grow up. Yeah. And she just didn't take <laughs> it seriously. And I was like, and everybody's stoked that there's not so much pressure. Right. And so I was like, I just need to find the tool. And Chris McPherson's like, yeah, find your tool, get your point and shoot camera. So I found my tool. And at that time I started playing in a metal band called Green and Wood and I played guitar and I started touring with this band from like my early twenties to my late twenties. And so I had my tool, which was my camera. And I just started shooting photos of all the bands we would tour with and then our band and all the shitholes that we would play across America. And then we went to Europe and then we went to South America. And then I just started shooting photos of music. And I was ready to like put out my first book when I was 25 and it was called Bite It You Scum. And it was just like me skateboarding my life, my friends and music. And I remember going to Days and Confused in London and pretending I had a meeting and they, I didn't have a meeting. And they're like, who are you here to see? And then I would like look in the magazine and be like, who's the photo editor? And then I'd be like, who are you uh, here to see Mike blah, blah, blah. And they were like, uh, that person doesn't work here anymore. And I was like, oh shit, I just flew all the way from LA <laughs> and I worked my ass off as an assistant to save enough money to fly here to like, come see your silly magazine because I heard you guys are cool. Like, can you guys please take my book in? And they're like, just leave it here for lunch. We'll see if somebody can look at it. And then like yeah. somebody looked at it over lunch and they're like, yeah, come in for a meeting. And I literally wow. like lied my way into meetings and I faked it till I made it. But I was also like in my early twenties, like had no right. fear, somehow managed to save enough money for a plane ticket because all I did was like drink whiskey and eat rice for the first five years of my like life in California. <laughs> and then, um, as a lot of other people started seeing the work, like ad agencies, they were like, well, you shoot long haired metal dudes with tattoos. Like you're never going to make it. Like they've just pigeonholed me into music. Mm. Like you're never going to shoot advertising and you're never going to like make it outside of this world. And again, if I shot that now, I'd be cool. Back then I was uh-huh. yeah, yeah. as an outcast. I was looked at right. as like, it just was too raw and edgy, you know? And it wasn't yeah. like street photography. It was like the metal scene in the early 2000s. And it's so funny because like, I want to put out a book of the 90s skate photos and the archive oh. of the metal ship from the 2000s because now it maybe would be considered cool. But back then, yeah, yeah absolutely. Crying, no one gave a fuck. And if anything, they just turned their shoulder and they were like, no way. And it's so funny because I was just not going to take no for an answer. And then, you know, shortly after I ended up shooting for the biggest brands in the world that are like clean cut tech companies. And it came from that misfit metal skateboarding world but I just kept shooting photos of my environment my whole life and I've said this before in interviews but nothing about my style has changed I've shot the same photo for 24 years same framing same cropping same lens everything the only thing that changes in front of my camera is my subject matter right and so I'm so lucky in my career because I've always photographed my environment and that thing that evolves and changes is my environment. So like recently I've been taking photos of my mother till the day she passed and that yeah. matter changes. And then it's weird because then the world opens up to you and new conversations of how they see your work. Sure. And all of a sudden you're not an advertising photographer, but you're an artist. Right. And it shifts and there's this thing and it's like, I'm just pressing the shutter the way I always have. And wow. it's funny because people always ask me, they're like, what camera do you use? I'm like, it's not the camera you use that makes you good. It's what you're paying attention to. It doesn't matter right. if I say contacts T3 a hundred times. Right. Podcast. Like if you buy that camera, you're not going to be a good photographer. What makes right. a good photographer is just like always having a fucking camera on you. Paying attention mm. to detail and just know to take the picture and don't make a big deal about it. Don't question it. Just do it. It's like, for me, it worked because I'm impulsive. If I overthink yeah. it, the moment's gone. It's over. So right. yeah. that's kind of how it went from this journey of like a little bit of failure in skateboarding to a little bit of failure and even shooting music because the music that I would have gotten hired for were like clean cut indie bands, not long yeah. Yeah. face tattoos. You know what I mean? And there, a little bit of failure in that. And then even in advertising as a female, it was kind of weird even being only female assistant with only like two other female assistants in LA in the 2000s. Like there wasn't a lot of women even assisting. Yeah. And I was like, well, if it takes six guys to carry X amount of C-stands, it's going to take six girls. So like, let me be a part of the crew. But I was always right. a dude in or a woman in the dude's world in skateboarding or metal or even, you know, in this advertising world. And now it's just like, I am 
so grateful and happy that I have the career I have because I'm just doing the same thing I always have. But now I don't have to fight so fucking hard. Yeah. And maybe wow. they're taking me seriously now because I'm 38. Or maybe I paid my dues. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe people like the work now because... I've been around long enough, but also like this weird thing happened a few years ago when everyone's like, hire women. Well, guess what? I stopped getting hired because they needed to hire all the new women. And I'm like, uh, what about me? I've been here busting my ass. Yeah. This unbelievable. Jesus. <laughs> they haven't worked their asses off yet. They, yeah. It doesn't work like that, but it comes full circle because 18 year olds don't know how to run a set of 250 people. They should have that right. opportunity, but after assisting or after some mentor, right. otherwise they're set up for failure, you know, right. So it's just about balance. And I think clients are learning that we're learning that. And now yeah. it's like, all I can say is I'm so grateful, but it all came with a lot of hard work. Like for the last 24 years of my career, I've been rejected constantly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And you yeah. just yeah. can't take that shit personally anymore when it doesn't work out and it doesn't work out and it doesn't right. work out and it doesn't work out. You still have to somehow get encouraged, make a book, find a new subject matter, or not chase something so far away where you have to shoot like a cool motorcycle band or a motorcycle gang in South Africa to make something right. special. Maybe all you need to do is like call your mom and dad, see how they're doing and realize that they're the people you should be shooting photos of. Not some like far away random group of people that are like living with wolves in a cave to make right. a special unique art book. You know what I mean? Like I always thought I had to seek these like never heard of stories. And I'm like, the most important stories are, are the ones that are like literally in my, in, in a three foot radius. Yeah. Yeah. We forget totally. to pay attention to the most important things that are like literally in front of our face. And we try to seek it out in the world. And it's like, no, just go inwards and see what your brain's telling you. What's important. Like my mom became my muse because I knew she was dying and I don't regret a moment of the last seven years of capturing her beauty and like immortalizing her, you know? Yeah, that work is incredible right. too. Like you can feel every every ounce of those photos. Thank you. Yeah. And it's yeah. been, you know, hard. It's a journey. Like even while I was late on this call today, I'm writing down all these different moments and memories of my mom because I'm trying to put together some sort of a timeline that's so hard to put together of her life because I'm trying to make a feature film about her. Oh, I want wow. to take her pictures and I want to translate it into motion because I want the world to see her and understand what I got to live with, which was such a beautiful gift to have as a child and a mother relationship. Wow. And it's interesting because I realized after my mom passed, I just started documenting everything, even on my iPhone with videos. And I realized that people are so used to watching that for the last five months of me taking care of my mom over the summer that she's a character in their own television show. Yeah. Like my mom was a character and people miss her and they know her. And I owe right. it to her to just tell the whole story. So I'm trying to figure that out, but there's just so much content that I don't even know where to begin. So right now, even today, as I'm writing these timelines, I feel like I'm that super lost 14 year old girl that's trying to shoot skate photos and everyone's saying no, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Ow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to find writers to like save me and like write the story for me. Mm. They can't write the story for me because they don't know what's in my brain. So I have to like splurge out everything that's in my brain on a piece of paper. And of course, they're going to all think I'm crazy because I'm super, you know, impulsive and intense. I call it passionate. People call it <laughs> But like, you know, and then I just got to figure out how to do it. And I'm like, cool, I'm restarting my whole career all over again as like a motion picture. Yeah. You know how scared I am? So scared. That sounds like such a, I mean, obviously it's going to be a little bit daunting, but like the reward at the end of that is going to be like, on, on, like, yeah. I can't even think of the reward because I've already felt like I failed so many times today and I've already wanted to give up like a hundred times and I've almost cried like five times. Then I was like, fuck oh. this podcast at 5 p.m. today and I'm like crying <laughs> loser because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Have you ever done any? Do you do, do you do like is it strictly still photos? Have you done any like video stuff? Yeah, I've done yeah. motion and I've done some um like short films and I've done some commercial work and you know the commercial work is easy because somebody tells you what they want so you're like right of <laughs> yeah yeah when you do your own story the hardest part is writing the story if you don't have good writing there's nothing to make unless you're just yeah. like, I'm gonna make a beautiful cinematic piece with no audio like but yeah, the yeah. story that needs to be told that I'm working on is going to be very 
big and grand. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm scared and excited, but more scared. And I'm just like, oh God, how many more times am I going to get rejected? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, so. That's so true too. Cause like I've often, I had this like crazy past and now I'm not living that life anymore. And I've been trying for the longest time to try to figure out, I've always wanted to do like a short film or, you know, some sort of something to explain it because it's like, shit in life that you only see in the movies and i would love to like tell my story i think people would you know get a kick out of it and there's some like good life morale lessons and stuff in it but it's like i am not a writer i don't even know where to begin with that so i mean uh, how do you i'm just so curious i mean i know exactly what you're saying because you sound like me like 25 minutes ago when i'm (laughs) <laughs> me and I was like, but I'm not a writer. And then I was like, that's an excuse for me to just not write it. We're all, uh-huh. You're, you're you know right. You're right. An email, right? Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. you express the thought in an email and it's like a cause and effect. That's what it is about our life stories. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So what I'm doing is it's like, I'm writing a story of my mother and it's 1955, 1985, 1991, 2008, just moments of memories that I have. Mm. And I'm putting them all in different pieces of paper. And then I'll probably put them on a wall at some point, like postcards or post-its. And then I'm probably going to see like, where does the timeline go? And is this all going to be flashbacks or whatever it might be? But it's so hard to, we make up a million excuses of why we shouldn't be able to write about our own feelings, but we do it all the time. Even when we like have a caption, when we post a picture on Instagram. Yeah. So so we're just like making excuses constantly, but if you have a story to tell, do it first in good writing, then get someone mm. who's a writer to help you yeah. structure it, figure out if it needs to be a screenplay or the dialogue or whatever you need. And then you can make a beautiful visual story and short film from that. Cause I've made a lot of short films and wasted a lot of money on making a bunch of bullshit because the writing was terrible and you mm. make expensive mistakes and you learn from them. But now I know like, yeah. the foundation yeah. of that Writing is the equivalent of having a good camera that works. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's like, it's it's the context T3 when the focus is working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Writing is brain, pen, paper, you know? And about a year ago, I started writing in a journal as well. And it's so nice to start writing in a journal. Like, of course, my I started going to therapy for the first time in 37 years of my life. And I was like, how did I wait so long to go to therapy? But, you know, after like, my mom started passing and I went through some heavy breakups and things like that. I was like, I felt like my world literally fell apart. And then I was like, Oh, I should probably learn about where this comes from and what this ancestral yeah. connection is. And I went to therapy and my therapist suggested like, write in your journal. And I heard that stuff and I was like, bullshit. I'm not. Writing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course I started writing in a journal cause I am disciplined and I did want to kind of like please her, but then I've been doing it for the last year and Oh my God. And a lot of people even say like, I don't even know how to keep a journal. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, Today, I had a conference yeah. call with this client, and then it was really fun, and then I went and played tennis, and then I went surfing, and then I went to bed. Or like, today, I got stood up on this date. Fuck that guy. He's probably a sociopath. And then the next, <laughs> and then the next journal entry is like, well, today, I got COVID. Yeah. Shocked, yeah. But I don't feel so bad. Or today's the first day of my life as a daughter without a mother, and this is how mm. I feel. And you know, right. and you start having a conversation with yourself. And then all of a sudden you start having a relationship with yourself and then you start having a little bit more kindness to the way that you talk to yourself because we're not always in a hurry to kind of like push away any feelings and thoughts. We're just actually acknowledging them, whether they're good or bad. And it's okay because the paper doesn't judge you. You just do it. And it's fucking awesome. I had a journal when I was like 13 and I wish, I don't know where it went, but like, I remember I was like, just write it. Like you said, just like, Today I went to the, we went to the wherever the heck we went to the mall or wherever wherever yeah. when you're 13, but I don't remember those memories. You know, like I would love mm. to like read a day in the life of a 13 year old me in 1994 or whatever. You know, like well, it's never too late to start now, especially since you're like gonna be a mom and you can share that later on of what your experiences are exactly sure. where you are in life to 30 years from now when your daughter's or son is 30. Yeah, I actually was thinking about that, like starting now. You know? Tonight, guys. Tonight, homework. Is- <laughs> yep, yep, yep. They're like five dollars on Amazon. Buy six. <laughs> I went through six journals already this year, and it's amazing because I go back to how I felt about certain things 
in even February of last year. Mm. And I'm just like, oh my God, I am a completely different woman. And my mom has kept a diary from 1991 till the day she stopped. Wow. For 35 years. And sadly, her handwriting was terrible. So I can't read it. Mm. So it would be very helpful for the movie. Yeah, uh, I can't read her handwriting and nobody can decipher it. Only she can. So maybe one day I'll just like have her come to me in a dream and I'll yeah. decipher it. But my most recent book I published is called Leftovers of Love. And it was over relationships over a span of 17 years. And it's pretty sad and it's pretty heavy. And the book's really fucked up and crazy. But a lot of it was from journal entries from 2001 to like four years ago when I didn't keep a journal, but I just had thoughts or like drunk moments yeah. on tour with my metal band where i was feeling terrible being the only woman in such debauchery of the men uh, around uh, uh. and um i just wrote a lot of this stuff down and i printed it in the book and like i was writing the same thing for 10 years about the same experiences with the same types of relationships and i was so miserable and if i didn't find those i wouldn't have never i would have never learned how to evolve wow that. so now yeah. these daily entries like i will not miss a day i think maybe once or twice this year, I missed a day because I was either sick or like right. maybe I had too many beers and I went to bed late and I don't even yeah. often at all. But so when it happens once every six weeks, I'm like, oh God, I forgot to write my journal. And then I'm mad at myself. So I say, dear journal, I'm sorry, I'll make up for you tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, but it's the discipline of doing it because it is like, it is like almost a part of your self-worth. Right. And that's what pictures are to me too. Like I will never leave my house without the camera ever. I love that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw you say that in another interview where you were just like, I oh, I like I'm that person where if I need to pull the car over to take the shot, like, yeah, and I, I just I, I I'm that way. You know, we, we joke about it all the time uh-huh. on this show. It's like I can't leave the house without three cameras, a bag full of film and like just, you know, ready to go at all times. And my coworkers laugh at me all the time. They're like, you lug that bag around because I showed them the one day everything that I carried because <laughs> they're like, what? You know, is that for your diabetes? And I'm like, no, dude, this is just cameras. <laughs> and like, actually more important to me, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I even, I forgot my insulin at home. But as long as I got my Kodak, I'm good. So yeah. we're... <laughs> it's funny too, though, that like, we're probably the worst people to go on road trips with because we stop the car. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Terrible. My husband's always like, do you need that many? And I'm like, you you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but yes. <laughs> I kind of found this way, though. The more tools I had, the more like I fumbled with shit. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could, it, I lost moments if I had too many cameras. Like, right. at one point, I went on a road trip just to get back to shooting medium format. And I shot my RZ67, I had my F5, and I had my T3. And then I was like, you know what? Nah. And now it's like, I only, only, only have my T3 and I only have one other roll of film because wow. it makes everything more precious. And I bring one battery. Oh, right. Yeah. And then you really, really focus on the photos you're taking because we, you know, I shoot digital for clients and then film for everything else. Right. And right. then it's like, when you shoot digital, you're just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> and um you know it, it just makes you really change your approach to like those intimate moments and like yeah. right now my camera is in my kitchen on my countertop there because the first person that's going to enter the house if i feel like taking a picture at least it's there it's not in my bedroom and it's not in my office my office is on yeah. the third floor of my house and it's like where is it where is it in like vicinity to get to it quickly in case you need to or like Am I going to go to the gas station with it? Maybe not. Am I going to go get a propane tank with it? Maybe not. But am I going to drive, you know, down the street to a punk show with it? Probably. And like, I actually forgot it in the last two like weeks when I went to two punk shows. And I was like, oh my God, am I like getting old and forgetting? Like my, I'm forgetting my camera. But then I was just like, I cannot believe that I'm bringing my camera. But then there's also times where I was like, I've shot this shit so many times. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. About it. But you never know because a fire could break out and then right. could like, <laughs> something could happen, you know, start a rave and then you should just take a photo of that. Or like, I don't know, David Bowie's ghosts can show up <laughs> or like a hologram no. of Lemmy. I don't know. But like, you just have to, yeah. have, you just have to be on it. It's like, you're, you're like an on-call doctor. You just got to be right. on. That's so true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
do you take <laughs> do you take that approach to to like when you have a celebrity shoot do you do you keep it super minimal oh, totally. do you come 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 with a concept or are you just like we're gonna hang out and we're gonna like celebrities fucking hate getting their photo taken you're always like, oh yeah waste their time they never want to take you seriously and they're just like they're, they're not making a massive like studio feature film with you so they're just like what do you want yeah and i'm like yeah. uh my job is to make you look good please be kind but i'm yeah. really lucky because everybody i've worked with is really nice but it's like i think they're nice to me because i literally show up with my point and shoot two rolls of film like, yeah i know i'm not going to shoot more than 36 frames when i have 20 minutes with walking phoenix he doesn't want to fucking be there um, and then you just make friends with them and like you just hang out and chat and while you're hanging out and chatting you also have to like make a great composition make them laugh make them right. cool, be confident make sure you have the right exposure and make sure that you have like a cool photo and you know you're doing a lot you have to multitask but I've gotten good at that I guess so it's like riding a bike backwards while shooting photos of Joaquin while he stole my skateboard at Warner Brothers and he's skating away from me and I'm chasing him and then I have to change a roll of film while riding a bike because Whoa. I know that he, his publicist is going to tell him to like get the fuck out of there in three minutes. But Wrap it up. Yeah. You just go for it. But I think people like when they see me shoot film because they're like, oh, cool. I can't look at the photos and then judge everything. That's right. That on yeah. purpose too. I'm like, yeah. you look great. And they're like, no, I look bad. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You're fat, but whatever. Like, you're not <laughs> yeah, fat. yeah, yeah. <laughs> go for it. You know what I mean? Like people just want to like critique them. And I'm like, stop critiquing my work. My job is to do a good job and make you look good. Like trust right. me at it. So I shoot photos right. so they can't have a say because that's bullshit. Like, let me do yeah. my job. You do yours. And then also when you show up with a tiny point and shoot camera, nobody takes you seriously. So you can get everything you want out of people because they're just like, oh, this is a toy. So then they're like, right. be real fun, awesome, happy. And they don't think like it's a big deal. And I'm like, cool. Well, this is what the cover of the New York Times looks like. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's crazy because I've assisted a few people and like the big productions it's it's like so it seems so i mean it is stressful because everybody's like you have this much time and like we're moving on and you know like i would love to like assist somebody like you or you one day like and just see i'm just, it's just gonna be chill like yeah. we're gonna hang out and i'm gonna shoot <laughs> i'm just gonna do it you know and it's funny yeah it's like people are always like are you bringing an assistant and like i usually can and then yeah. like then the celebrity has to perform for me and they have right. to perform yeah. for my assistant so I come yeah. alone, I bring an Apple box, if that, two rolls of film, a spare battery, maybe a backdrop, and I just know that I'm going to go, if they give me 20 minutes, I'll be done in seven or 10. Wow. And I just show up and I make it easy and it's not a big deal because you know what they care about? It's not how you take the picture, it's who you're taking the picture of. So it's like, what are we talking about? What's our connection between me and the subject? You know what I mean? And it's just like about making people feel comfortable. And that's all. Yeah. You just have to get people to like, like fall in love with you or feel comfortable yeah. with you within the first 25 seconds. It's, and I said this before in interviews, but it's like photography is all psychology and problem yeah. solving. And then like 10% of it is taking pictures. Yeah. It's like, it's like really like getting people to loosen up. Totally. Just to, to, to know that you can get there in seven minutes. Well, you got to get like six <laughs> different looks in seven minutes. And you know what it is to me? I think my thing is letting them know that I care about taking a good picture of them, but I don't give a fuck who they are because if a bomb right. blows up in this building, your body is just as fragile as my body. So right. if you think that you right. are better than you are not, we are equals. And I think right. that's where that human connection comes across because there's no bullshit. There's no hierarchy on my sets ever, whether it's just me and like an A-list celebrity or 250 people making a massive commercial. Everyone's equal. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I love that. And it's important. And that's probably such like a refreshing take for them as well. Oh, because yeah, I'm sure everyone's like bowing to them all the time. And totally. then you come in, you're just I'm like, I'm not going to oh. blow smoke up your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm, a really good, I'm like, cool. You were in every movie for the last 25 years. I'm like, can you take good photos? Because I can. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flip? No, well, I can. So, yeah. <laughs> You're probably a better cook than me, though. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, well, yeah. we're just people. Like, be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a situation where it was tough to get the celebrity to, to I mean, it's just because you never know what you're walking into. Totally. Yeah. Situation. I have. You know? Yeah. But like I was just, we were, we were scrolling through your work and I was just looking at the, the Brittany Howard photos, like in the tub. Oh yeah. And I was like, how did you get her in the tub? Like. <laughs> Brittany Howard the coolest and she was down. Yeah. I was like, she seems like she'd be down. That's she's probably down, what it yeah. was. I've only had one, like. A-list celebrity person that was difficult to work with. And it's um 
a, a, a female actress and she didn't want to get direction from a younger woman. Oh, interesting. And I could tell, and when I walked in on set, my assistant, a very handsome young man, uh, was next to me and she reached out past me when I said, hi, I'm Magda, the photographer. And she went and shook his hand thinking he's uh-uh. he was a man. And I was like, <laughs> I will not name names, but she's apparently <laughs> like a part of like women's empowerment. And I was like, mm, no, uh, no. I mean, you can yeah. tell if you look at my website, if there's one person that just looks stiff and shitty, it's that person. I, I, I think <laughs> that's I disappointing. That person's picture up on my website, but like, that's about it. Everybody else has been so cool. Like, Helen Mirren, what a legend. Yeah. She's been on yes. the Silver Street for 50 years and she hung out and she drank tea with me and my dog in the backyard. And I was like, oh. I am honored, honored. Yes. She respected me for my job and I respected her for her, you know? So I was like, those those moments, you're just like, fuck, I have a cool job ever. Thank you. Yes. You're a golden goddess. That's so, I had a similar situation on a, I was working on a movie set and doing galleries and the, the marketing department give me this pdf with like they wanted all these props breakdowns and stuff like that and i was like this seems like a lot to ask these people to do but okay i'll do it so i was like okay this is what they want we need you to hold whatever this thing is the phone or whatever prop for the movie and she was like no yeah no no i'm not gonna do that and i was like "Uh, okay yeah, and then you're like, how do I problem solve this? And you're like, well, yeah. you're supposed to, but eh, maybe not. And then you're like, yeah, these assholes that are telling us to move the, to use these props anyway. Yeah, that was like one of the times where I was like, all right. I mean, there's nothing I, I couldn't do anything. I was like, she said no. What am I supposed to do? So we shot a bunch of different stuff, and they ended up figuring out what they're gonna do with it. But I was like mortified. <laughs> They they could just be like, no. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's, I've been faced with those things and you just have to problem solve. And then you got to be like, don't lose your temper. Even though this person's being a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you know what? If you don't want to look good, I'll make sure you don't. Yeah. 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 That's so true. I mean, why? Like, it's like my job, like, don't make me fight for my job. You know what I mean? Right. Just be honored. That we're yeah. here, we have free lunch, and you get to be on the cover of something, and I get to take your picture. And right. Right. like, you know, I'm so grateful to be doing what I'm doing. It's an honor. And I feel like people should feel honored to get their photo taken, and they're not really. People are like, you know, when you were walking down the street in America and you try to take a picture of a person, they're like, oh my God, what, it, what blog is this for? Like, yeah, yeah. if you're in a foreign country, people are more open to it. But like, yeah. no one's honored to get their photo taken anymore. I'm just like, really? Because shit, if more people want to take pictures of me, I'd be honored. No one's ever taken a good photo of me. <laughs> portraits, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. it's an honor. Like, you want to capture my soul? Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And it was just, I also, while we're kind of in a little break here, I wanted to say it's uh, the storyteller book that uh, Dave Grohl did. Like, I had no idea that you shot the cover of that. And it's so crazy because I got, I got that book for Christmas. No, I got it for my birthday. And like, I just love Dave Grohl. He's awesome. And it's just crazy that you shot that photo because I'm just like. It's so funny because if you look closely, so he we shot at my house in the desert he took a nap because he was like he was out raging the night before with his wife of course he was party <laughs> in the middle like, uh. not halloween it was like in april and he gets to my house and he's like i'm on two hours of sleep and i was like what the fuck are you doing dave like come on man like this is a really big deal for you and for me because he's a friend of mine and i was like why are you blowing it if you look like shit you know i don't retouch my photos and this is the car <laughs> bro and so then we went to the desert and then he got there and he's like, I need to take a nap. And I'm like, okay, you take a nap. I'll pull out the rolling rack, pull your clothes out, figure out what you're wearing. And then wow. get, like some food and then we'll figure out what we're doing. And then he wakes up from his power nap. But right before he woke up from his power nap, I just snuck into the room and I like looked at him and I took a picture of him napping and that ended up being <gasps> that cover of the book. And then, uh, yes. So he's actually sleeping. Like that's, <laughs> that's so good. Sleeping. And then, um, then when we went outside and shot on this like white site that I have in my house, he was, I, I took a bunch of different photos of him. And when they picked the cover, I was like, wait, but I was like, I don't feel like that's as personable as like you looking straight at the camera, but I think it was just like stoic and iconic. And it was like the profile. But when you look closely up by his hairline, there's a little bit of white paint that I never retouched and that nobody, oh. <laughs> and it's the residue, like makeup 
residue <laughs> leftovers from him going to a costume party the night before with his wife and dressing up like a vampire. And so there's like makeup and paint on his face. Like, oh like, my God. Only I know the story. And now you guys know. And now everybody else knows. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait when we get off to look at that. Yeah. I'm going to go run and look <laughs> at it. Soon. Mind, it's like, it's so yeah. funny. <laughs> it's like, it's so tiny you can barely tell but there's just like a little bit of white makeup at his hairline i mean maybe you can't even see it but i can see it because i know where it was you know it's you know there, where yeah. it is yeah yeah that's so funny but yeah i mean cool i like this picture it's good and with the glasses he looks so stoic but the back cover is like so funny that he's actually taking a disco nap because <laughs> he had hours of sleep <laughs> That's so, I mean, just to know that story just made my, made my day. Thank you so much. And how good is that book? You know, like the way he writes, I'm like, oh. I want to write a book like this about my mom that yes. I can make into a movie. Like he's very close to his mother and I'm very close to his, my mother and my mother loved him, loved Aww. him. Like they had a bond. So it was like really special to see him come out with this book and then to see how close he is with his mom and the work he does with her. So yeah. Full circle. We all have our moms that we love. And yeah. So true. We'll be right back with listener question for Magdalena right after this message from our sponsor. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Just wanted to pop in quick and let you guys know about our Develop and Hang Night. Now this is a Patreon-only exclusive. We've done a bunch already. They're a ton of fun. We hang out. We develop some film. We talk shop. We laugh. It's just an all-around awesome, awesome time. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Patreon is the best way to support the show. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. And this question comes friend of the show, Raphael, 2071 photo on Instagram. And he asks, your work feels incredibly intimate. What is your approach to connect with your subjects? Thanks for the kind words. Um, <laughs> I think the intimacy comes from like not really taking anything seriously when shooting a photo because then you mm. can kind of break down barriers and walls. If you are stressed and everything seems like it's high stakes, like then you can't really get intimacy with people. Instead, you get people to be nervous. So just be comfortable with them and have a conversation and just happen to take pictures at the same time while you're talking to them, I guess. You know, it's just like having good banter with people and making people feel comfortable. Is Have you ever had a situation where, because this kind of happens to me, like if their energy is wonky, then I get all in my head and nervous. And then I can, it's like even harder to get there have you do you has that ever happened yes that's happened a lot but then you just yeah. become like you have to overpower that with just being like yeah. I know what I'm doing mm -hmm. and I'm here to do a good job with what I'm hand like what I'm handed so when people's energy is off you still always like I always try to do my best and my best right. doesn't mean take the best picture but it's like my best like let's break the ice and make people feel comfortable for me yeah. like the number one thing in photography is the human connection mm -hmm. so even if it's me putting my camera down and while they're in hair and makeup talking to them for an hour and a half about their postpartum yeah yeah yeah, yeah, or yeah their muscle car that's out front or the character they played in the last show and how that like reflects on their real life. Like it's just getting in to know your subject if you have the time. And if you don't, then you got to try to figure it out in, like three minutes. And then that takes yeah. human uh, multitasking powers. <laughs> yeah. It really is a, like such a 
it's such a huge part of it and something that you know can get in the way because I'll just freeze sometimes and be like ah you know and then I'm like I forgot how to use this camera who am I where am I how did I get here you know totally I mean that's why it's easy with like a point and shoot you're like it's just doing the work for me I- oh yeah 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 you know what I mean right yeah taking yeah. that element out of it definitely probably helps yeah yeah just keep it simple like keep it simple always and forever keep everything simple simplicity is stability and then that's how you get in the door of something beautiful because really yeah you think about like you're make the it's the image of the person that counts not like whatever else you know what kind of lighting and you can you can make you know like i don't want to say like art striber you know he's like got all these lights everywhere all the time and he does amazing work that takes that's a process you know style and he loves it you know that's his that's his like matrix of you know his totally piece of work my puzzle piece of work is just like super impulse on a whim follow the yeah where do we go which corner do we shoot okay let's get out of here bye and they've done it i love it. it and we just walked in the room you know what i mean it's like yeah so good it's so good yeah mm-hmm. that's so interesting because <laughs> i i'm always on the bleachers with this stuff because i mean i do some portrait stuff for fun you know i don't really do it for any sort of work i'm not a paid photographer so it, it's just always great to to listen to these because it's inspiring you know i i love shooting portraits and i wish i had the means to do it like that but like i I also, I mean, do you ever feel like that? Like with, with the love, I know this is kind of off topic and after the whole question <laughs> segment of the show, but do you ever feel like photography being your job and just how much you love it, do you ever think that affects it? Like, do you ever feel kind of like blah towards it or do you not ever get down towards photography where you're like, I can't do this today or I can't take another week of doing photos right now does it ever affect you like that? I don't overthink it and I'm just always excited about it and I think that's where mm-hmm. there's always a flow but there's times where like I get put into very difficult situations where I have to problem solve when I'm working for big ad uh-huh. clients yeah. okay. and yeah. the, usually it's not the photography it's the people involved where everybody has to have their hands in the cookie jar and I'm like you don't need to yeah. be here or if yeah. you are yeah. do your job And so for me, it's just like the challenge of, oh, I'm a people pleaser as well. So it's just making sure that everyone feels seen and heard, but like the actual Mm. photography part, like it's like a part of, it's like an extension of my everything everything to me, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's not a, yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's everything to me i'm so grateful for it it's my life it's my livelihood it's my passions it's like every yeah. time i drop a roll off and even if it's shitty and it comes back I'm, i still feel like it's christmas you know what i yeah. mean right? <laughs> like sometimes yeah i'm not shooting a lot of personal work that are like specific subject matters or whatever it's just like pictures of my friends for the last like half a year of me going to like punk shows and none of them really are a big deal or impactful but i'm just documenting my life and i love doing that and i love sending pictures of my friends to them and making them happy when I got to take pictures of my friends. So yeah, the only difficulty is that like any obstacles I have is just like uh, making sure people are happy when you're working with a lot of clients and there's a lot of people in the room and they all have like a reason to be there or they have to make sure they tell you that there's a reason that they're there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, it's relatable because like photography for me also has like been the one constant since I was like 15. I mean, besides like my family and my mom and all that stuff, like relationships have gone and come and gone and friends have come and gone. But like photography is like, I know that it's always going to be there. Yeah, you know, it's your it friend. is. Yeah. So good. I remember there was like a moment like five, six, seven, I don't even know how many years ago, but there everyone's like, they're going to stop making film because film's not being used anymore. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to be a photographer because I can't right. like, I'm ever, right. ever, ever in my life in 24 years gone on a trip with a digital camera and just wow. taking digital photos ever. I've never done that. I wouldn't even know which digital camera to get and how to shoot photos if I was, if film was taken away from me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah, same. Like, I would have <laughs> no fucking clue what to do. And when None. people are mm-hmm. like, there's not going to be film for a while or maybe ever, I was like, Oh, no. I'm going to be a dog walker. Bye. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Bye. Peace out. That's so oh, true. So true. Okay. We have our next segment of the show. This is a two-part question. Maybe we've kind of, maybe we have a feeling of what your answers are going to be, but we'll mm-hmm. see. 
<laughs> um, if you were stranded on a desert island, could only take one camera with you, what would it be and why? Of course, the Contact T3 because it's yeah. tiny and it's a beast <laughs> and it has a sharp lens and it's got like a nice, I mean, I love the, uh, I just love everything about it. And if you need a flash, it has a flash and it's like wide yeah. enough, but not too wide. And yeah. I can hide it easily so if i could sneak <laughs> backstage to a slayer concert on my deserted island and shoot photos of somebody <laughs> backstage when they don't know i'm shooting photos of them i can because it's tiny and because it's just like the best tool ever and it's film it's great yeah that's a good one and i think that's the first t3 too yeah that we've it's usually gotten. the t2 that people are yeah 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 i love that the t3 is a little bit smaller and i don't know if it's faster mm -hmm. but it's just like i got used to shooting that one because my t2s are all kind of wonky now too and i'm like i'm not gonna fix all five of them because i've had them for 20 <laughs> years you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, do you really have five i have three t2s maybe two now i don't remember i have two or three i lent one to a friend and gave one to an ex-boyfriend i think I oh yeah <laughs> that's right two t3s but one is out of commission, so I only shoot with one T3. That's it. The other ones are like backup in case anything happens. Right. Yeah. But I yeah. seriously would not know what I would do with myself and how I would travel without my camera. That's that exact tool. Like you have to find your tool and then right. stick to yeah. it. And you don't need 15 of them or five, just like one. Mm -mm. It's yeah. funny. I'm, I'm that way with the, the Yashica T4. Oh, I love that camera. Yeah, I've like bought it's broken and i've had it repaired and i've like spent the money again i'm like i don't care i'll keep buying them i don't care <laughs> yeah you I'll... just you just bought another one right yeah yeah, yeah. i'm all up yeah. before the kardashians put them on their gram and then overpriced uh -huh. i know yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. but you know what's funny it's like my digital camera is me making videos of the photos i take on my iphone yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i have my iphone which is always next to the stills camera and sometimes i'll be like okay jump off the cliff and i'm making the video and then at the same time i'm like holding one thing and i'm filming <laughs> the phone and then i'm shooting with my t3 at the same time <laughs> yeah i think that's like, amazing a tripod like attached to my body Usually, yeah yeah sometimes, right like if there's a pocket in the breast part of the yeah. like, yes. Yes. shirt like that's why i love wearing men's shirts I'll stuff it with trash so to like lift up the phone so it won't fall behind the little like fabric and then it'll like stick out and then you can just be hanging out and nobody knows you're yep. and you're yeah. behind the scenes. That's, a That's such idea. a good tip. I have done that a couple <laughs> times. It's so good. Yeah. And it's just nuts that like we have phones that take amazing video yeah. these days. Okay. Like that is just wild. You can make skate videos. Like there's a stabilization thing in there that's like amazing. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Nuts. Second part of this question. Is there any camera that you are lusting after? Is there any white whales, like something you've had before and don't have now or or something you're dying to try? A third context T3 that has absolutely no <laughs> <laughs> Nice. You know, I have an, a Leica M6 and I bought it years ago. I used it twice. I was like, I'm going to slow down and maybe my subject matter will change and it'll be poetic and artistic and I'm going to shoot this camera and shoot cool raw street photography well first off i have like an 80 millimeter lens on it which is like no i need a super no light. no yeah. Like, yeah yeah by the time i'm focusing that thing i was like oh okay great yeah <laughs> years old. so it's just like i need to just shoot like 3200 speed film have it like four feet away from everything on like auto, yeah you know like not autofocus but what is it called when you do like do it by oh zone zone, zone, zone focus. focus yeah, zone focus. yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> get a wide-angle lens and do it. But I wish I could get better at that camera because I think that camera will get me to start shooting things that I'm not seeing, maybe because mm. of its slowness and maybe because I currently have an 80 mil on there. But if anybody wants to buy that 80 mil and sell me a wide-angle, I'm very down. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there nice. you go. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I'll start using it again because it's it's there's something like super chic to like go into somebody's cool recording studio and be like, I'm shooting a film. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make people look way cooler. Maybe people will take me more seriously. But yeah. So funny. Yeah. T3 for life. T3 for life. <laughs> get sponsored by one more T3. <laughs> Man, great. Awesome, awesome answers. Anything else, Chris? I don't know. This has been a, a f I'm super inspired. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much. That's all I can say. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That's awesome. I'm glad we made it work. Um, where can everybody check out your work, the Instagram website? I haven't updated my website in like three years because Me Instagram. either. Yep. <laughs> um, so Magda Wojcinska Studio is where I show all my like 
photography and then personal life stuff is at the Magdalena Experience. Awesome. Timothy, where are you? Guys, head over to Instagram and Twitter. It's at Timothy Makeups. There's also some YouTube stuff. Easiest way to find that. Just go to, you know, Timothy Makeups on YouTube. That's it for me. Chris, where are you? So I'm Chris B. Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page and a group on Facebook. And that's it. That's it. Magdalena, thank you so much. This is amazing. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. First off, we'd like to thank Magdalena for coming on the show. This is this was like a bucket list episode. You're an amazing photographer. We love everything you're doing. Your story is amazing. I mean, you've shot everybody, which is just, I mean, Chris and I were, were, were going nuts before we hopped on with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with us. We greatly appreciate it. It was a great way to kick off the new season of episodes. Thanks, Magdalena. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for only a buck. You can get the show two days early. We also have our develop and hang nights. There's going to be some Patreon only exclusive stuff coming up in the future here. And Patreon is the best way to support the show. For all the Patreons that already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. Thank you so much. Haven't said this in a while, but if you're feeling up to it, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. It's the best way to help spread the word of the show. Plus, we love reading your comments. You guys are the best. Until next week, we will see you soon with an all-new episode. It's great to be back. We're here with a new season. We're pumped. We're amped. This is going to be great. So until next week, we'll see you soon, guys. Keep shooting. Later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.